right, ER Nurse Uncensored, episode number eight. Good to have you there. Thanks so much for listening and giving feedback and encouraging me to continue to complain about everything. It really is one of my favorite things to do. I mean, I think it's necessary in an industry like this. I think it's necessary for every industry, especially one like this where you're dealing with the public on such an intimate level. And it's such a vulnerable place, not only for them, but for you. Uh, so, yeah, I, I know it's I know it's not easy for everybody. The thing is that we have this viewpoint, this perspective that not a lot of people get. And they probably don't want it, and I don't solicit it, and I don't wish it upon anybody. But, you know, we sort of took the red pill. Or the blue pill. Whichever the one is that you go into the matrix. That's what we kind of did. Because we see the inner workings. We see we see the decline of humanity. <laughs> kind of on a daily basis. Like, ah, this is not typically uplifting. Very rare do shifts go by and you walk out going, wow, I feel inspired. I feel like I'm a new person. All this positivity and all these people encouraging my career and my mental health, and uh, they could give a fuck. Um, so someone sent me on Instagram this story about Oregon. Uh, I think they're from the area about how they're rolling back and kind of pivoting and backtracking on this legalization of street drugs. And when this was two years ago, three years ago, twenty twenty one, I think is when it came out, which basically decriminalized everything. So anything from, you know, heroin to benzos and cocaine, marijuana, whatever, it's all just legal and you could just do whatever you want with it because they thought to themselves, and these, these are the people who are in charge of making laws. These are the politicians, the, the, the elected leaders of this particular area, this city, this state said, these people are sick and there's nothing we can do about their habits it is their right to do these drugs because of whatever excuse they want to give them instead of resisting or trying to maybe we think fix the problem but they see it as resisting resisting instead of us trying to fight back why don't we pre- present to them and give them a safe haven a place where they can do these drugs without fear of judgment And I'm sure that maybe if we just legalize them, the world will get better. And I don't know what kind of fucking retard logic that is. These are obviously people who have never been involved with any kind of, I don't know, medical treatment care plan or consulted anybody. Have you ever seen those medical shows? I'm sure we have. Where you're like, who the fuck is a technical advisor on this show? Who's the one... That when the director turns around or the actor turns around and goes, hey, what would you guys do here? And they go, not that. I would do this. And you watch these shows just like, this isn't even something that that like a mentally handicapped brain injury nurse would do if they were blindfolded. It's insane. It's the same thing with this. I go, who the fuck was advising them on this? It's certainly not anybody who's been in an ER, around an ER, in a hospital in the last, I don't know, five fucking years to see that this is not 
something that that they can control. They are addicted to this thing. And yeah, I'm sure heroin's great. I don't have any doubt that the feeling that it gives you is great. However, I do not have the capacity to say that I desire that pleasure or that even momentary, you know, good feeling for the risk that I will probably die or become addicted to it. But that's what addiction is. It, it's it's choosing the fact that you'll probably die eventually, if not this time, doing this thing that you shouldn't be doing, but you're going to do it anyway. That's crazy. These are not rational thoughts from a rational person. I've said it probably 9,000 times in my life and probably many times on this show. You cannot rationalize with irrational people. And you're trying to apply this, which you could categorically say is a irrational solution to irrational people for an irrational condition or disease and addiction that they have. It's totally ludicrous that they thought that just letting it go willy-nilly was going to solve something. And then these opportunistic assholes who go out there and go, I'm going to make a business that will allow these people to buy these drugs and I will give them supplies and a safe place and I'll have a pallet of Narcan ready. So when, when, not if, when they overdose, I can bring them back and make them, you know, feel good, make them feel great about the fact they're still alive, which they don't feel great. Now they're completely rejected of all the opiates and now they want another fucking run at it. It's this vicious cycle of pain and pleasure that they're not fixing. As a matter of fact, they're hindering and they're making it 10 times worse. And these people think that they're doing a good thing. Do you see anyone racing to move to Oregon? I have a a cousin who did very well in the tech industry many years ago. So I'm going to say four, five, six years ago. Uh, and had a company that he built up, and I, I, I think he sold it or a certain part of it to another bigger company, and, and he did very, very well. Um, and 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 purchased a very, very nice, you know, home kind of triple stack type house in San Francisco. And uh, you probably know where this is going. Beautiful across from a park and right near the you know the Golden Gate. I mean, it was it was like a dream, you know, great. And within two or three years, there was an entire homeless encampment. When I say encampment, I mean like a village across from where he lived in in this big park. And no one was doing anything about it. So when you leave your, you know, $3 million house or $4 million, whatever the hell it is, and you walk downstairs and there's literally human shit and needles and fucking wild dogs and whatever the hell else is going on down there, Across from your house, how are you supposed to feel good about where you live? You you shouldn't. So the solution is to let these people run amok and let them make decisions for themselves? That's what you're doing. So no one's going to be clamoring to move to Oregon to think, I'm sure that these people have their head on straight to make the right educated decision about their addiction. Are you fucking crazy? You don't, you don't know what you're dealing with. And, shocker, now they're trying to reverse course and go, you know, maybe that wasn't the best idea. Oh, so you're saying that combined with reducing law enforcement was going to be 
like create this utopia? Like, what were you thinking? What was the end game? Like, what were you trying to go with this thing? It's so short-sighted. These people need significant help. Significant help. I can tell you right now, there's billions, billions in the legalized medical marijuana industry, which, you know, for what it's worth, is doing some good work. You have to see a doctor. I know some of it can be a little scammy. Oh, I'm not good on flights or I have PTSD. You know, maybe that you had from when you, you know, didn't do well in Little League. I know people kind of flub these diagnoses. I get it. But some people are actually using this medical marijuana for a good thing. It's helping them sleep. It's, you know, you know, relieving some pain symptoms or a case. Maybe they're obviously, no matter what, there's going to be people who take advantage of the situation. Everyone takes advantage of everything. There's an ABC liquor. People are going to take that advantage of it and buy too much liquor. And they're going to have a problem. You know, it doesn't matter. Excess is excess. And people are going to always go farther than what you should, no matter whatever the fuck it is. If you go to Wawa for free coffee day, I've probably mentioned this before. When it's free coffee, it's $1.79 every day of the year. But you go to Wawa on free coffee day, it's like fucking Armageddon. There's fucking sugar on the fucking ceiling. There's a million of those stir sticks blasted all over the place. There's coffee spilled on the floor. Uh, there's, the napkins are all pulled out. It's, it's a fucking nightmare because people always take advantage of situations. So now you legalize all these drugs to people who are addicted with no discernible, oh, do you have a prescription? Have you seen a doctor? What's your diagnosis? Uh, what are you using this drug for? Are you just doing heroin and, and fentanyl because it feels good? That's your only, that's it? And somehow, somewhere, some way, the people who are not doing these drugs are paying to have this happen, which is not the best feeling in the world. And these people are not going to this going, wow, I really appreciate the fact that they're providing me this this safe haven, this place I can feel comfortable and safe doing my drugs. No, this is not what they're thinking. Is this the expectation that you had? Is this the thought that you thought they were going to have, the thought process they were going to have? Which lends me to my theory that I think ER nurses should be consulted on any major decision made in a community. (laughs) I don't care what it is. I don't care if it has to do with roads or healthcare decisions, which would be obviously up their alley. I don't, anything, you know, street lights, uh, you, know, uh, you know, maybe a community park, what would they have at the park? I mean, any decision, ER nurses would have a good input. So anybody who doesn't do this job and makes decisions like this, consult an ER nurse because they know the landscape of the universe better than you think based on what they do and will make good decisions for the greater good. Trust me. And the fact that no one came to like any kind of committee and said, guys, this is what we're thinking. So you know all these fucking junkies running around and uh, shitting on the sidewalks and building like these kind of like weird communities of homeless tarps everywhere and and doing drugs and dying and causing a lot of you know trouble in the neighborhood. Anyway, so we're just gonna like tell law enforcement that it's all fine, and then we're thinking that that if they just do it 
because we let them, that it'll just sort of go away as a problem. They would have punched them square in the face, strangled them till they were unconscious, and threw their body into a garbage can, and then 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 just chucked it off the side of a cliff. It's the worst possible idea. It's the worst thing you could do. It's the worst thing. And and and, and no one had any input on this. It's crazy to me that this happened. And is it shocking that two, three years later, they're starting to change their tune? It's not. People who have done this job see the destruction. They see the pain. They see the suffering that it causes, not only to themselves, but I'm sure to their estranged family, maybe former family, also under the healthcare system. Do you mean fentanyl overdoses that these fire department guys and, and EMT and paramedics have to do? It's crazy. If they get a bad batch out there, when I was doing medic work for the fire department, there were weeks where you knew. You knew, oh, we got a bad batch. I was doing two, three, four overdoses a shift. Oh, but what, because we're providing them a safe space, that's is going to make it better. It's it's twisted, disgusting logic. It's pandering. You're making you're trying to make yourself look. Oh, I'm so sympathetic. I'm so empathetic to their situation, but I just want them to 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 thrive. No, you don't. The medical marijuana industry is 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 providing billions of dollars, pumping it into these municipalities, city, state, county, whatever it is. And the core cause, the catalyst, ground zero, square one with these people is mental health. These are mental health victims who are deciding to pull the ripcord and say, all I'm going to do is as many drugs or drink myself to death or whatever it is. Because of this pain, because of the suffering, because of this mental health disorder that I have, whether it be caused by trauma or because you're schizophrenic, you know, bipolar disorder combined with anxiety and depression and what name it, stack it all together. It doesn't matter. But that's the root of all of this. But no one's talking about it. No one's willing to stand to a microphone who is a you know county commissioner and go, listen, guys. We can't let these people just wander around the streets. It's scaring people. It's scaring families from going downtown. It's 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 businesses are closing. They don't have the business because people are scared to visit this part of you know the city or whatever. We have to take them and and help them. If we really want to help them, if you really want to, which most people don't, because it doesn't directly affect you, but maybe it should. But if you really care because you're a politician and people want to, you know, you want people to vote for you in the next election, you need to find them a program for mental health awareness and determine what is their diagnosis. Can we try to get them some kind of medication regime? Anything? Is there a program that we can have that, you know, we have, we pay uh, doctors, you know, you know, practitioners, whoever it is who can help, you know, 
you know, assess these people, give them meds, try to follow up with them. I know a lot of them are homeless street people. Maybe have a small community center built for them and that's where they stay. And that's, there's money to do these things. It's, it's out there. It can happen. They do these kind of programs in Europe all the time. They find them places to live for like 30 days, 60 days, temporary living. They're in a place that's monitored. Um, you know, they have to have permission to leave. Where are they going? What's happening? It's not jail or anything, but it's just like, hey, you know, we're going to watch you. We're trying to rehab you, blah, blah, blah. And they give them prescription medications. By the way, taking a pill, taking, a, taking Zoloft and trying to wean them off of these meds or whatever the case may be or the opiates, that's going to be a hard sell. But would you rather have them dying in the streets? Just random people. Just dying. No problem. And you're providing the environment, the atmosphere, that it's okay for them to continue to do this. But you're also telling all the people who do this job and all the people in the community who are involved with seeing these people, dealing with these people, that we're giving them permission to continue to do what they're doing. We don't say anything wrong with it. As a matter of fact, we encourage them to do it. That's what you're doing. You're giving them the green light. They don't see it any other way. Just like those billboards that they have, they have them in Florida, which is, you know, it's basically like an anti-abortion billboard. And it says, are you thinking about getting an abortion? Because life starts at the first heartbeat or whatever, whatever they say. Who is that for? Are you really thinking you're going to sell someone on not getting an abortion because you paid $600 a month for a billboard in Ocala, Florida? It says a million times. Is there anyone driving down the street who's, you know, seven weeks pregnant going, kind of on the fence about keeping this kid? Oh, billboard. What does that say? Oh, you know what? They're right. Life does start at the first heartbeat. All right, kid, we're going the distance. <laughs> like what? What kind of message are you sending? And, and also, it's, it's a kick in the face of the healthcare system. It really is. So we're supposed to help them now based on what you're doing, which is encouraging them to overdose. And their argument is, no, we want to be able to monitor them. You're not monitoring them. You're not, you're not, you're not taking their ID. You're not writing down the dose. You're not you know, documenting uh, an assessment. <laughs> you're not, you know, you're not, you know, you're not doing a, a end title CO2, you know, moderate sedation. You know, this is not what you're doing. But now you're, now you're saying, hey, healthcare people, I know you've been dealing with this fentanyl crisis for, I don't know, 10 years, 20 years, whatever it is. But now we're just going to open the floodgates and anyone can do whatever they want. So fuck you. And you're going to have to deal with it. And you wonder, and you wonder why. You really do. You wonder why. You can't get people to stay in the hospital. You wonder why you have so much turnover in the, ho- in the ER, especially. Because it's the same fucking shit over and over and over again. But that's part of what we signed up for to a certain extent. But now, like, now you're actually in the machine that creates even worse conditions for these nurses to be working in. And law enforcement, God, fucking law enforcement must be, must be driving themselves crazy. 
They have to wear body cams. Thank God nurses don't have to wear body cams, which I'm sure is, hap- is going to eventually happen. I didn't even think about that until just now. That sounds terrifying. But these guys were in body cams, knowing what they can say, can't say, and everyone's pulling out their phones, you know, recording them. You know, back in the day, these law enforcement guys were just like dealing with fucking being cops and getting shit done. Now it's be careful what you do, careful what you say, because you're going to end up on TV and you're going to get fired and your career is fucking done. And all they want to do is just get these fucking people out of the way, try to make sure they don't like kill someone, kill themselves, whatever. But that's not what they're doing. They're having to like tiptoe around all these policies. And 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 thank God that that Oregon is backtracking. I'm not sure how much they're going to backtrack. But now he's going to be filling up jails. <laughs> I mean, cuz they're not getting to the root of the problem, they're not getting to the core of the issue. These people are fucked up mentally. Their brains do not work properly. I'm sorry. No rational person is going to be doing the things that these people do. They're they're twisted in the wind. They are so far behind the eight ball. It's it's <laughs> it's indistinguishable where to start. Where do I even start with this person? Take a shower. Let's get him clean. Right? I mean. How do we, if the families have given up on these people, brothers, sisters, parents, ex-wives, wives, kids, whatever, if they've given up, how much is some local politician going to invest in them? None. The people who love them most and want them to, to, to succeed at the highest level have the most patience Going back to that well two, three, four, five, six times trying to help. Maybe 20 times, 30 times, relapse, relapse. <laughs> I mean, what is some county commissioner going to do for them? Oh, just, just keep doing more drugs. It makes me think, you know, tinfoil hat time. It makes me think that they just say, you know what? Let's just kill some of these people off. Behind closed doors, you don't think that conversation has been had? You know, let's just open the fucking, let's just crack the dam. Let them take whatever they want. Hopefully we can get rid of like 20% of them. Right? I mean, am I talking that crazy? Am I talking that crazy? I don't think so. These people are not creating profit in any way. In any way. When I used to work for the fire department, I was always told that... Big, shiny, you know, three, five million dollar fire truck that's outside does not generate any income. (laughs) All of your salaries are a fucking expense. That's why they started doing EMS calls. It offsets a little bit. It's income. And that's why they're so hard up about it. But, but we're not income generators. So their investment in us, no pun intended, is be lucky with what you have. Be happy you have a job, right? These, you know, opiate addicted lunatics who are zombieing themselves around the city are not making any money for anybody. Who are they generating income for? How are they beneficial to any part of politics, public safety, whatever? It's not like they're like, it's not like Pfizer's like sweet, 
more addicts. Because these people are not like, oh, they're gonna they're gonna try to buy some Percocets, you know, from from their local pharmacy because they're because their doctor gave them dilaudid or whatever it is. I'm talking. These are people who are on the streets who are like shooting battery acid in their vein or, or whatever they can get their hands on from God knows who who's making it God knows where. These are not income generators for anybody. So why would they give a fuck about what happens? Why make this policy? If things were just status quo as they were, you, you deal with the ones on the street, you put them in jail, hopefully they get clean, blah, blah, blah. But now it's like, Oh, let's go the other way. Let's put a real twist on this one. Let's let's give them whatever they want. And maybe, wink, wink, maybe like 25% of them will just like kind of disappear. You know? Do you know like, I don't know what the stat was. I think it was like 18% or something like that, 20% of people who are basically streetwalkers or, you know, homeless people are just kind of never found. <laughs> Like when they die, it's very difficult to find their bodies or their bodies are found, you know, three months later, six months later, whatever it is. They just never fucking heard from ever again. Adults just gone, gone. They could be, they could go die out in the woods and then they get eaten by wildlife or wherever the fuck it is. And no one's, no one's the wiser. This is, this is a dream scenario for these politicians. Look how empathetic, look how sympathetic I am. Look how progressive I am. I'm going to let these people do whatever they want. But, you know, behind closed doors, I told Jeff the other day, the estimates say that, you know, like 2,000 of these people are gonna just going to end up dying and just like going away. Like thumbs up. Great. <laughs> it's not It's not a crazy thought. I'm not trying to be conspiracy lunatic. I'm telling you, I think this is part of the thought process. Just lean into them. Is there any evidence... The other way that they're trying to help them. In 95% of these scenarios, no one's helping them. They're not. And even in even the programs that are, are designed to help mentally ill people, addicts, you know, people looking for rehab, looking for detox, is are incredibly laughably flawed. I know there are people who work in the nursing health industry who are listening right now who are like, absolutely. <laughs> I've had Baker X who sat in an ER for three, four, five, six, seven days waiting for a bed, waiting for a bed, living, living in a small ER room for like five days. People would come back for shift for a week. Same person still in room 31. Oh, this fucking... Is fucking, you know, Dave's still in there? There, there he is. And then they go to their, then their Baker Act three-day start or their detox starts. And then like nine days later, they come back in from EMS. What are you doing here? Uh, I, I want to kill myself. <laughs> I mean, what are, we doing? what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? It's, it's fucked. It's fucked, it's fucked, it's fucked. It's fucked. I know it's not the most like glamorous, happy, you know, joyful subject or podcast to listen to, but it's the fucking truth. No one's talking about this stuff. 
except for people at the ER desk who are bitching at each other like, like I'm bitching to you. This conversation's happening, but just not with anybody important. <laughs> well, we're important, but you know what I mean? Like the people who can actually make wholesale changes, which once again, get, get just, if I was governor or if I was just like, you know, mayor of a city, I would have a panel of people that I just went to for like opinions. Like, but I would include at least a cop, a nurse, a restaurant owner, a bar owner, um, like a golf course owner, a couple old ladies who've been here since like 1960. Like I just nice mishmash, but get me these first responders. They know. I remember one time, last thing I'll end on, we're at the firehouse and this lady came up to the firehouse, you know, middle of the afternoon, um, you know, very, you know, good looking, you know, prim proper, was wearing like a nice dress. And she knocked on the door and we're like, what the fuck is this? I thought maybe she was like lost or whatever. And she's like, hi, um, I have a weird question. And I was working with a really good crew at the time. We've experienced guys and been around the block and whatever. We all worked in different stations. And she's like, hey, um, it's a weird question, but my husband and I are going to be moving to this area in like three months. And I just happen to be down here doing some work stuff. Anyway, um, is this a good neighborhood? And I was so impressed was so impressed. I was like, wow. By the way, clutch move. Clutch fucking move. I was like, we're like, yes, this. Okay, so we actually walked outside like, okay, this road over here, over here is good. And if you go over, you know, Mary Jess Drive or whatever, don't go over there. That's a fucking disaster zone. And then we kind of like, we even drew a map. We were so impressed with this lady. Like, you are so fucking smart. And it gave me the idea that no matter what, where we go, Book an Airbnb, do whatever. Call the local firehouse or pull, or a cop that's nearby and be like, hey, listen, you know, we're going to be here for like a week. You know, where's a good place to stay? It's so fucking smart because we know. We know everything. We do. Okay. There you go. There's your uplifting moment. You know, we know everything. All right. <sighs> okay. Wow, that was a long one. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll have some special surprises coming up. But, uh, New episode next week. I have a nice subject I want to talk to you guys about. It's relationships. Relationships like marriages, long-term relationships with people who do first responder stuff, nursing, firefighters. But the people who are married to them, um, what's going on with them if they don't do this? Like, how do they handle it? And uh, I have some thoughts. So I will talk soon. See you.